0: East High. What up, East High? Hello. We're back.
1: We're almost back to normal.
0: Almost back? What's normal? What's Uh, not normal?
1: I mean, I'm not in school right now, so I have a little more brain space.
0: Okay. I will be in school again soon. You will be too. But here we are. We've got a little bit of time to just relax and hang out and talk about High School Musical, our favorite movie.
1: Wow. Bold statement from Tyler.
0: Collectively. like. Together,
1: together, it's our favorite movie. This
0: podcast's favorite movie oh. is the movie we talk about every episode.
1: Oh, High School Musical. This is
0: Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical one minute at a time. I'm Condra, and I'm Tyler. Where we're the you? amateur nerds. Ah, I thought we were gonna say that in unison. Ready? Nope. No. One, two, three we're the amateur nerds i uh, will just edit it in post um so yeah talking about what you you you, you finished the intro you have the what what it starts and ends with
1: so we're talking about minute 27 this week or today which starts with coach bolton slash jack looking around the corner and ends with darbus taking center stage yes so this um, is a very weird minute.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. weird. It's the tail end of Troy sneaking around. Kind of probably bad in retrospect for the movie to have spent two whole minutes of screen time with Troy running around and not real, not really anything plot-wise happening.
1: No, but it is kind of fun and you see different parts of the high school and... Yeah. You see how Troy interacts with other people that aren't his friends or his dad or Darbus for that matter. Yeah.
0: Well, it's good because... I mean, Troy is like the protagonist of this movie, for better or worse. Which is weird because I thought I thought Gabriella might have more screen time, but it's really it's the Troy show, which makes sense because um, Zach Efron's the the best actor.
1: Yeah, I mean, he might be the big the best actor and like the biggest actor in this movie, but I think you'll see in subsequent films that Gabrielle might get more of a role, oh, and also and she that, gets more of a role sense. as this continues too.
0: Yeah, yeah. It makes sense for future movies to broaden the broaden the scope. Um, just as you have more more screen time, you can dedicate it to more people.
1: So Jack is rounding this corner
0: because every thinks... time you say Jack, it confuses me. <laughs> I've I've ruined it by calling him Mike. I forgotten his real name.
1: <laughs> That's why I call him Jack. So I kind of reinforce and re- reinforce it for the listener. Okay, I'm trying to help you all out. So Jack is like, hmm. Was that my son I saw, or was that another sixteen to seventeen year old boy that looks like my with son with a
0: Justin Bieber haircut?
1: <laughs> not of that's not a full Justin Bieber haircut. It's
0: pretty close. Yeah, um,
1: I think that's also before
0: Justin Bieber. Okay, but you know, you know what, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: it's a almost emo fringe. It's not quite an emo fringe.
0: Yeah, well, it's emo it's, fringe. If it was just kind of mainstream,
1: it's highlighted.
0: <laughs> yeah, which I I don't know. Was it popular before? Two thousand, Like, around 2006 and before High School Musical? Or was or was Troy Bolton leading leading the charge of the um, long-haired boys?
1: I mean, for the non-emo community, it started... I feel like it was a, still a thing even for the non-emo community at that time. But it really took off in a couple years later.
0: Yeah. Like, it was... With Justin Bieber.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I think it was still somewhat of a thing while Troy... Like, Troy wouldn't have, like, stood out as, like, a... Whoa! Who's this kid with long hair? <laughs> yeah, and the not in the way like remember the Titans Sunshine. Yeah. like he doesn't stand out. In but the he way. has
0: like long hair. Yeah, and then he cuts it down to like long hair, but normal hair.
1: Yeah, but he still gets made fun of for being long.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm. Yeah, I'm not saying it would have been unusual for Troy. I'm saying it would have been you know like popular, like and trailblazing to have a haircut like that.
1: Troy is a trailblazer. Yes. So Jack is going around the corner and Troy is gone, which is impressive if you think about like, cause we don't really see what's behind where Troy was, but it looks just like more stretch of wall. So he would have had to absolutely
0: book it. Yeah. Well, and we don't even get like a shot of like his back and he's just like walking quickly away. It's kind of, it's kind of a cop out on the, the editor's slash director's front. I don't... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just because it seems like, you know. We, we got a lack of information, like, what did, what did Jack see? Oh, he saw? And we just go down the hallway, and we're like, okay, w- what was the point of this little, like, moment of tension?
1: I think it if was... it's not
0: gonna be like, oh, he definitely saw him.
1: I think it's a moment of tension not for Troy, in that, is he actually able to evade... Like, there are a lot of obstacles he had to evade his friends his coach. Okay, his so it's fox. more
0: metaphorical? Yeah. Okay, yes. I like that then.
1: He's trying to get around all of these obstacles he's got in his mind, like, can he can he actually do what he wants to do despite all of these other forces at play?
0: Now, I guess it's, like, spoilery, but does, does, like, specifically this moment of Jack thinking he saw Troy walking around the hallways have any meaning later, or is it... I don't think so. Because, really, it's just the concept of Troy, you know, like, wanting to do the musical that's more the source of conflict. So, I just, like, what I mean, like, the the language of the, like, the filmmaking is just weird that it jacks, like, ooh, what's around this corner? And then we just cut before there's any, like...
1: I also don't know if Jack would have thought that Troy's being there had anything to do with the musical.
0: Yeah, it's just unless like, why he, is he was walking like, around this weird part of the school,
1: or is he skipping classes, or like is he doing something of an errant behavior that could jeopardize the team? Like, is he thinking selfishly in a different way?
0: Yeah. What if Jack had caught Troy? What would Troy say? And just be like, "Oh, I'm taking the long way to class because I like to get some exercise in between classes."
1: Maybe. I don't know, I don't, I don't know if Troy would be a good improviser for something like that. Well, he
0: seems, well, he's a little awkward with, like, the next person, but he does seem to be good at, like, you know, kind of fudging his way through.
1: But with his dad specifically, I think it would be a lot harder.
0: Yeah, I mean, he'd just say, oh, I'm just, you know, I wanted to check out the auto shop because that's, like, the next place he walks through because I'm thinking about taking that next semester. Um, And then maybe Jack would be like, no, you're going to focus on, like, real school or whatever. Yeah. And then it would be like, oh, okay. I just wanted to, like, see because it's, like, cool cars. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean... But the fact that they do have an auto shop, that, that was kind of going to be my next thing was this auto shop.
0: Yeah. So as as we pan, the camera pans from like Jack to like down the hallway and then we suddenly cut to see Troy walking through the auto shop part of school.
1: Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, our high school had an associated auto class, but it was not on site. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to think about how this inner, probably inner city high school has the space, but also it recognizes that it's a need to be fulfilled. Yeah. Like people going into these crafts and trades people, like well, skill building.
0: I don't think it's inner city in the sense in- that like, yeah, it's not in Manhattan. No. And there like, it seems like around the school, there's probably like fields and a track and like stuff behind the school, probably.
1: I don't know how Albuquerque, I've never been to Albuquerque.
0: The yeah. imaginary
1: Albuquerque. But I would still think it's it's in the capital to the extent, like, I don't know, I'm thinking
0: more like... I don't think Albuquerque is the capital of New Mexico.
1: Is, it's definitely one of the larger cities. It's one
0: of the larger cities. It's not the capital. Is it Santa Fe? I, I don't remember.
1: It's the largest city. Apparently, it's modern downtown core contrast with old town Albuquerque.
0: Whoa. Is, okay, but what's the capital of New Mexico? The I'm thing we were researching? I'm trying to figure
1: that out. It is Santa Fe.
0: Oh, okay. I was right. All along. No, it's okay. (laughs) But
1: still, Albuquerque's the largest city, so, like, to think about it being inner city in the sense that it is a large city and...
0: It's a city school in the sense that there's, like, well, there's probably, like, an east to west and, like, uh, there's multiple high schools in the city.
1: Yeah. I mean, inner city doesn't necessarily have to mean downtown Manhattan. Like...
0: I think well, inner city has like racist uh, yes subtones in it. Like that's and that's not what we're referring to. No, um,
1: we're referring to a densely populated area. Yeah, and which, it
0: seems like we're more in a suburb. I would say, given uh, Troy's house that we see, which has like a big lawn,
1: but he rides the bus. We don't know. He's the only one we have seen riding a bus. We don't know how far his bus ride is. And
0: just given the the school, like it seems like it's a big school. It's in a wide open area. It's not attached to any other buildings. It's like it's a, its own freestanding school. Like I said, it seems like there's probably like a baseball field behind it or like a track behind it. There's like space. There's not like other buildings encroaching on it.
1: Yeah, but for them to still choose some of that space to be an auto shop is surprising. Like
0: yeah. No, yeah, I agree. And
1: also <laughs> to get back to the idea of like teaching trade, like vocational skills yeah. at a younger age sets those students that think they want to go into that trade up for that much more success and yeah. probably save some time and money yeah.
0: yeah as long as we're not tracking the students into their no to their social classes no as long as it's self-selective then sure yes
1: it's providing the opportunity to get exposure to different experiences yeah
0: and, and then, the... so yeah, basically Troy just kind of walks through the room and, um, right as he gets to the, like the exit door, there's like presumably the teacher or just kind of like some adults in like, a like, uh, a, what, what do you call like a, the jumpsuit. jumpsuit, like, yeah, like a mechanic jumpsuit, like, you know, like just like kind of a classic the, blue button. Zippers. Yeah, or zippers. Yeah. And he kind of just looks at him. He doesn't say anything. And then Troy's like, oh, I'm taking a shortcut cause I'm late for class. And he, like, just opens the door and leaves.
1: I like how the professor, like, or teacher looks at his wrist like he's got a watch <laughs> there. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't.
0: Yeah, but even, like, just as an expression, just, like, looking at your wrist means checking time.
1: Yeah, it's still kind of just, it, it's a little bit of a funny, because because this teacher doesn't say anything either. And all he really gets is this, like, look at his wrist. And then as he walks away, he kind of shakes his head, which yeah. is pretty funny. because well,
0: we're still kind of in this, like, montage thing where it's like, not every, like, we aren't really hearing all the chatter that's going on. Yeah. There's not a lot of background noise.
1: Yeah. And part of the, so up until this and through the auto shop, we have a very, dist, I think we talked a little bit about the score that's going on yeah. in the last minute, but it's this very, like, mystery, mission yeah, Impossibley
0: like s- kind of, yeah,
1: which it also really reminds me of some theme park like I know it's a Disney theme park because I listen to their soundtracks because I'm that much of a nerd one of like the roller coasters or space themed rides score and I don't think it's Space Mountain but that's the only one that like I because I know it's not some of the others that I think it might be part of Space Mountain it has some of the very similar beats to it it's very weird how similar
0: (laughs) well if you're listening and you know what Condra's talking about send us an email and correct us.
1: Tweet at us. Yeah. So once we leave the auto shop and when this guy walks away, does it fade? It just kind of transitions yeah. into Troy pushing a janitor's cart in backstage. He's yeah. like backstage in the theater, in the yeah. auditorium. So
0: presumably Troy took this whole like roundabout. roundabout route to get to the backstage entrance of the theater. Because normally a theater like the, the main entrance, like, where the audience is going to sit is going to be kind of, like, a nice, easily accessible part of the school. But the backstage entrance is going to be, like, somewhere else that's kind of, like, tucked away somewhere. So he knew where to go to, for that kind of tucked away area, which is probably why he had to, like, go down the stairs and through the auto body shop.
1: Definitely, it's, it is roundabout in a way that makes sense, and he probably found the janitor's cart somewhere in one of these tucked away court Like he's in the lesser traversed part of the yeah. school, probably. But here's
0: my thing: What about a sixteen year old boy pushing around a janitor's cart is going to make him less noticeable?
1: He's hiding his face. I don't know, and in the same way, you know, like in the Sherlock the first episode of Sherlock, where it's about the taxi driver and you don't necessarily see their face. Yeah. I think it's the same... Unfortunately, it's the same respect with, like, janitors and people who clean buildings, is you don't want to... There's societal understandings that you don't see their faces... Yeah. But you see the work they do or if they don't do the work kind of thing, which is wrong because they're people and they do their job very well and they're very, yeah. very important. But this lack of recognition. So he's like, oh, I can hide behind this because people don't recognize, like, they're not going to see. Other than maybe he's, his outfit doesn't quite match what the... Yeah, custodial staff. Well, and he's just
0: younger. His body is smaller.
1: Yeah, we don't know who the other custodial workers are, though. They could be smaller people.
0: And we do kind of get a fun shot because he pulls the he pulls the cart right up next to this camel, and we get a POV shot, which is unusual for this movie Mm -hmm. of Troy kind of looking at what's going on on stage, and then he kind of gets distracted by the camel. Yeah. Has, like these little puffs on it. Yeah. And so he's like, like the POV shot kind of like looks at that. And then we cut back away to Troy kind of looking at the camel and then going on to find a new spot to spy from.
1: Yeah. So this camel, we've seen it twice now.
0: Yeah. Before it was being moved by someone, was, and now it seems like was it's being Someone was in it kind solid. of yeah. thing.
1: Yeah. So that leads me to th- question, this play is called Tinseltown. Why is there a camel? <laughs>
0: Uh, it's hard to say. Camel is just like a, a very like easy, like, I mean, in reality, like the, the answer is that like, it's a prop that they probably had lying around. It's like, oh, like a theater prop. Like, it's just like a big animal. Who cares?
1: Like maybe they've done Aladdin recently or something, yeah. but Aladdin would have existed as a musical at this point. Never well, mind. They could have
0: done it as a play. Yeah. Just like a knockoff play. Doesn't even need to be Disney associated.
1: Yeah. The other thing I was thinking was if this is about, if this play is kind of like about old Hollywood, because you never really get a sense of what the play is about. You just know a few of the songs. And it's about old Hollywood and this like rise of Tinseltown Town or whatever. Some of the first like major, or like some of the very well known major films of the time were like Cleopatra and Lawrence of Rape, like places that took
0: yeah, I mean those movies kind of take. Well, there's multiple Cleopatra movies.
1: Yeah, but the Elizabeth Taylor one. <laughs> yeah, especially. I mean that one came
0: out in the 60s. Yeah, but and I Lawrence mean, Sands of Arabia was like yeah in the in the 50s. But
1: all right, a high school spoiler: high school student wrote this play. <laughs> like we're we're going with it. So it could have been like, oh, what are concepts of like glamorous Hollywood? Oh, this like fantastical exoticism, like yeah,
0: camels. Yeah, nothing's more exotic than camels. Yeah, no, they're they're pretty they're pretty unusual from a North American standpoint.
1: Yes. So Troy continues trying to find a place to hide. He goes behind the curtains as yeah. they're like opened. He so,
0: yeah, he basically sneaks to the part of like the like where it's wall and then curtain, like just kind of tucked between there.
1: And he sees Miss Darbus coming down the center aisle towards where she's gonna be watching the auditions. Yeah. And
0: and we can kind of see Ryan and Sharpay and in there's, tow. Yeah,
1: there's someone in between them and Darbus, and oh, we haven't yeah. met her yet.
0: Oh, yeah, she looks familiar. I think, yeah, I think I recognize her as, like, a person who is involved with the theater aspects of this movie. But I don't know her name or anything about her, and we won't introduce her yet because she's not... She hasn't said any lines. Exactly.
1: So if if we introduce introduce Ryan so late in all of
0: this,
1: <laughs> we'll wait to introduce her. But I did want to point out that she stood between Darvis and Sharpay as sort of a recognizing of her position in all of this. Which I think is a cool subtle thing for her as we get to know her later. I don't
0: know. I don't know if we can place a lot of stock into how close to Miss Darvis people walk.
1: Darvis does. Okay. So th- that's all I had for notes, but I did want to, because we did talk about the score a little bit, you looked, and we can't remember if we've talked about the composer of the score. Yeah, it was
0: David Lawrence, and he's he's just done, like, a lot of TV composing, and he composed for, like, the American Pie films, like the first two. Uh, not, like, a huge film composer. He's not Alan Silvestri or Michael Giacchino, but, you know, he he's been working for... Like thirty years, so give him credit.
1: Yeah, and I mean the score is really fun. Like it, it does set the mood, and it changes yeah. once he enters the well, it's theater. Like t-
0: it's like TV score. Like it's just a different, it's just a different beast. Like yeah. you're just filling time, and you're not like making epic themes for like these big character moments. Like if a TV show can have like some good score that just emphasizes what's going on, that's all that matters.
1: Yeah. And the two scores that are in this minute do balance each other out well and they convey the emotions around. And yeah, I think I think it does still play a part in all of this that is worth mentioning.
0: Yeah. All right, that's it for minute 27, I think. I believe so. All right, Condra, where can people find us on the internet?
1: They can find us on the Twitter at amateur nerds.
0: They can find they can email us at amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com.
1: Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at TGoldenArt on Instagram.
0: And our music was composed by Joe Winslow, whom you can find at JoeWinslowMusic.com. I've been Condra. I've been Tyler Boudreaux. And hey, we'll be back for more High School Musical shenanigans. Auditions, perhaps? Next time, you can bet on it.